Oh my gosh. Three, two, one. Blast off. Are you ready? Yep. I'm ready. Triple P. I'm Carl. I'm an alcoholic addict and my sobriety is August 22nd, 2014. I'm Chelsea. I'm an alcoholic and my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is SoberPod. SoberPod.com 366 fucking days sober Yeah Sober pie, keep it authentic, no facades If it's real, then you know it's ours Welcome Sober Pod is a podcast dedicated to the idea that one addict or alcoholic helping another is crucial to building a life in recovery. Join us on this season as we read from our book, 366 Fucking Days Sober. And as always, stay active, stay sober. Triple P. Triple P, yo! Um, So... First and foremost, I'd like to thank um, all the little people who made this show possible. <laughs> the little people, huh? <laughs> no, again, not little people. Not necessarily <laughs> little people. You know, the, the people beneath me, not necessarily the physical stature, right? You know, the I guess, people but- beneath you, Carl, <laughs> huh? <laughs> just keep digging. Keep I digging. Just keep- <laughs> I especially like to thank that woman who is beneath me. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. I see oh, what you did there. <laughs> that's my wife. Uh, my wife. Okay. So, um, so, <laughs> so uh, no, I, I'd like to thank uh, uh, Friends of Recovery. They, you know, they keep, uh, they keep plugging the book on their show. Like, you know, oh, buy the book, buy the book. And I just love that shit. I love that, like, you know, the, it's like, it's, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't pay for that kind of advertising, right? They're literally just like all the time, just like, you know, it's, Shout out Silver Pod and Buy Carl's books. I really love, love watching that stuff. So they are are basically like I like I said like our our sister podcast cousin podcast something or another. Um, and so if you our sister wives our sister wives there like, <laughs> that you get for living in Mormon country. So, uh, um, but uh, yeah, they uh, they pretty much do the same kind of show, same kind of thing that we do, just in a different flavor. So if you are so interested in heading over there and taking their recommendation, um, you know, to buy the three hundred sixty six fucking day silver book, by all means, please do that. Uh, but yeah, they're 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 cool to listen to, and they got their own they got their own flavor. So head on over there. Flavor, flavor, <laughs> flavor, flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what are we doing here, Chelsea? We are, uh, we're, we're reading from the book three hundred and sixty-six fucking days sober this season, and we are, um, and probably next season and for every season to come. I think you know what I mean. It's I know we're we're gonna have like an endless supply of topics now. I know it's like I just I just sat and loaded it up like we just you know but you know if we come across the same topic here's the best part is like you know just like they say like you know um uh the you know same person never steps in the same river twice right just kind of like you know um you know we're, if we do approach the same topic again we're gonna be different people by the time we get there right because it'll be true. a whole fucking year mm-hmm. potentially so um so there's that. Uh, so we're going to read from the book and then what else are we doing? What else should we talk about? We're going to talk about what we read in the book, Carl. And that's it? That's that's all we fucking do here? 
I think so. Oh, well, that's good. Unless, unless there's something <laughs> you know that I don't know. No, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, it's like so. If people are new here, like what, like, um, what should they know? What should they actually know if they're they new? Should like, know that we're winging it and we're always winging it. <laughs> that we're and just like how it works out. <laughs> that we are just like you. If you're listening and you like got like fucking 24 hours sober, we pretty much have the same uh, 24 hours that you do. How's that? Yep. Yeah. That's the truth. Except we've been doing it for almost nine years or something like, you know, so there's that. Isn't yeah, that your strange? your day's coming up. Dude, uh, yeah. August. August 22nd. 22nd. In, 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 what was yours again? Dang. February 11th? What is it again? Is that what it is? 19th. 19th. Oh, sorry, I said 11th, but that was my um, my sponsor's uh, mm-hmm. date. Um, okay, so, um, so, oh, so if you are new here, talking about being new here, um, go back and listen to, uh, we covered Living Sober pretty much the same way that we do this way, is we listened to a chapter on Living Sober, and then we talked about it. And so it was all like kind of newcomer-flavored discussion, and it was a lot of topics in and of themselves. So that was cool to do as well. Uh, and that was basically before we before we did our own fucking book, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then we don't shit. need their fucking book no more. We did our own fucking book. Fuck you and your goddamn <laughs> Fuck you, AA. We did our own book. We don't need your shit. Well, actually, we do. We a lot of their shits in here. So just FYI. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of that shits in here. Um, so um, so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna read. Uh, what what's the date today that we're reading? July sixteenth. You know, I I read it like three times today, so I should know what it is by now. Um, but here it is. Do you want me to read, or do you want to? Yes, read? please. Okay. You read. I'm going to read. Sometimes you know, sometimes my readings are like kind of tricky to read. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, man. Yeah, did I, I, did I like tumble over the words sometimes. Yeah, I, I, so, yeah me too. <laughs> and I wrote it. Isn't that funny how that works? <laughs> All right, Chelsea, are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. July 16th from 366 fucking days sober. Uh, we become like those who we spend the most time with. For years, I spent time with highly dysfunctional and irrational people. People who acted from emotion and lacked empathy. It's amazing how much we infect each other with some of our worst traits and don't even think twice about it. But when we attach ourselves to others who are virtuous and headed in the same direction as we would like, we acquire those traits too. Join a writer's group if you want to be a good writer. If you want to be a good guitarist, join a band. If you want to be a good speaker, consider joining a Toastmasters group. Want to lose weight? Join Weight Watchers. Want to get and remain sober? Join a recovery group. On the other hand, if you want to stay as you are, stay home. I should have put stay fucking home, but I just put stay home. Because this, this is when I was trying to edit myself and, and not cuss too much in my book. In my fucking book. Anyway, so <laughs> reflections. Do you really desire to change? How much are you willing to change? Daily challenge. You guessed it. <laughs> Go join a fucking group. Get out there and make some good trouble. Chelsea? Good trouble. We should, you know, emphasize good trouble. You know, it's funny how much good trouble has come up in my life in a week. Literally, like, yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of weird because I was, like, trying to explain to somebody, like, uh, at my work, you know, that, uh, you know, I used to get in bad trouble, right? Like, I, I was, a, you know, and then when I, and I remember the day that I joined the good team, and then I used my um, powers of causing trouble for good, which is, again, again, good trouble i like to cause good trouble these days which is like i like to 
you know, um, shake things up. I like to make people like, you know, like to stop them in their tracks. I like to like, you know, um, get them to question things or get them to have aha moments, that kind of shit, you know? Um, that's good trouble, right? You know, when you can really yeah. shake somebody out of their their normal everyday bullshit. So With um, kindness and loving. Yeah, you know, not in a not, loving nature. Yeah, not and not to uh, humiliate, hurt, or you know, torture anybody. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, good trouble. Not I mean, trouble. that could be good trouble. You I mean, know, yeah, but... depends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people pay a lot of money for that. Just saying. <laughs> People pay real good money for that shit. Okay, so Chelsea, what do you, what do you think about um, uh, you become, you know, like those who you spend time with? What do you think about that statement? I think it's totally true, and it kind of takes me back to when I first got sober, and um, I realized, you know, the people that I thought were my friends were just my drinking partners, you know, my my drinking crew, if you will. And, uh, beyond alcohol, we had like nothing in common and, you know, I wasn't really their friend anymore because I wasn't drinking, you know, I wasn't a good time. I wasn't, you know, uh, acting a fool just like they were. And, um, I felt really, really alone in those moments coming to that realization that not only do I feel like my life is over because they can't drink anymore and can't have fun, but now I don't have any fucking friends. Mm. When the reality is they weren't my friends to begin with. They were simply, um, you know, just there because of the party or the alcohol, you know, it wasn't because they actually cared about me. The people who actually, you know, were my true friends weren't the ones partying with me go figure they were the ones that like were loving me from afar and um I found my way back to them but um it's so true that you know you if you surround yourself with a bunch of people who party and drink you're gonna become the party and you know the party girl and the drinker and um and that's kind of what it's gonna be and so um I had to separate myself and find my new normal, my new group, uh, people who cared about me and not just about like partying with me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that was, that was a hard pill to swallow, uh, you know, realizing that I truly was alone. You know, I felt alone in my heart and depressed and isolated and all of this. But, you know, at least when I was at a party, I felt like I had some friends. But then I got sober and it's like, well, shit, I don't have anything. Mm -hmm. So that was a hard reality I had to face. Um, what about you? What are your thoughts? You know, I used to hear the, uh, you know, stay away from people, places and play things. Um, that's, again, that's the triple P part of this episode. And um, when I was younger, I, I heard that a lot, you know, stay away from people, places, play things. Uh, and, you know, and I, and I totally understood that uh, when I was younger because that like in, you know, we had you know, peer, a lot of peer pressure when I was younger, those types of things. Um, and, and it's funny, though, is, as I get older in recovery, um, you know, again, uh, I, it's like, you know, I got, you know, I got wife and kids and, you know. And I'm and I'm just drinking alone, basically. That was my issue, really, you know. Um, and it's like, 
you don't hear a lot of people saying stay away from people, places and play things. Cause it's like, you know, by the time I was 42, I was, I, uh, I didn't have any friends left. Like people that were like my friends were uh, probably in the same boat that I was right. You know, they're drinking alone and um, you know, married with kids and you know, feeling like shit. Right. Cause they end up drinking alone in isolation. So um, so I really understood it uh, when I was younger, and it did. That's it. Really did keep me sober to not go, you know, hang out in a barber shop. You're gonna get a fucking haircut. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like that kind of shit. You know, and it, and it does. It totally makes sense. But it's there's a certain part of that that's not realistic, right? Because we are we are we are hardwired to be to have connections with people and to be part of our social circles and, you know, those types of things. And so when I was younger, you know, it, to break away from all that stuff was nearly impossible because it's like, you know, it's just, it's all, it's like, and then again, like, so if you're not using, you're always feeling like you're on the outside. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was, it was when I was younger, it was really hard, but as I was older, I was like, I got, I got no fucking problem staying away from those things because they're yeah. all gone, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one thing that um, that did start to uh, happen to me, which was like, again, the people that I was hanging around with, the people that I was exposed to, um, you know, uh, uh, they were not healthy. They were just not healthy people. And then, and I did the wrong thing by attaching myself to them or you know associating in that way, where um, it just wasn't healthy and it wasn't, you know, all the way around. So what I didn't know is that like, um, you know, I'd fallen into that kind of that weird trap of like, um, you know, assuming that other people are my friends when they really weren't. And like you said, it's like, you know, you kind of, you get sober and you realize like, Oh, wait a minute. Like I got nobody (laughs) like, you know, because you realize like how quickly, you know, that you have no real human connections when it, you know, take away alcohol and drugs and it's like pretty much over. Right. So, Mm -hmm. and I think part of it for me was like, um, you know, water finds its own level, you know, and, and plain and simple, it's like, so do alcoholics. Right. So if you're, if you're drinking alcoholically, the chances are that people that you're hanging out with are more than likely going to be drinking alcoholically as well. Right. So whether they are alcoholic or not is a whole nother story, but, but the chances are they're going to be drinking at the same level when you're drinking, et cetera. So, so that's the thing is, um, you know, I got too used to hanging out with those types of people and I, and, and that was the one thing I had to understand when I got sober is that I was going to have to associate with people that I would not normally want to associate with, because if I was going to stay sober, I was going to have to learn how they did it. And I was going to have to do what they do. And if you need to learn how they do it and do what they do, you actually have to go associate with those people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I did not like the idea of. I spent my whole life trying to get away from that shit. And the very next thing it's like, there they are. And people, I don't know. There's just something about like, you know, fucking drama and like, you know, all the personalities that go along with it. And it's really not like, I don't like people. I mean, I love people. Don't get me wrong, but I don't like people. <laughs> so, yeah. Same. I don't know if that I makes mean, sense, the, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does yeah. because like I'm in a profession of like caring and yeah, obviously yeah, interacting yeah. with people, but yeah. I fucking don't like, you know, 
I'm not a people person. Like I yeah. don't, I don't have a but big clique people. of friends. <laughs> I, you know, I like taking care of people and fixing things and and being having meaningful interactions. But I don't like, you know, I don't have a big clique. I don't have mm-hmm. a big like group of friends. Like the people close to me are close. Like you know, they're mm-hmm. they're my my few. Uh, allies you know but i'm not out here like throwing these extravagant parties and and you know you know the huge family reunions like i fuck off with all of that like i i don't want anything to do with that let me curl up with a book that's like that's my happy place but but yeah i understand what you're saying it's it's kind of like i don't have time for the bullshit anymore like i don't have time for the surface level superficial bullshit and so the people that I associate with, like I can get down to a real deep conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like why they're my people. Like I don't have, I can cut the small talk out of it. So I don't know. I don't know if that's just because like who I was in the past, like when I was a drinker, it was all surface level, you know? Mm-hmm. And now that I've broken free from who that person was and, and like what I associated with, um, now I just can't stand that bullshit you know and the faking and all of that i just mm-hmm. i'm like tell me your your deepest fear you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like i want to cut right to that yeah no there is a um a, there it's a you know alcoholics anonymous they talk about you know we had to have we had to carry a message that had depth and weight and um and i think you know once you kind of you know once you kind of nuzzle up to the um to the dark side i guess and you realize like uh, you know, what it takes to break away from all that stuff and like who you have to be um, and, and what you have to expose yourself to to get on this side of that fence, right? Like, you know, you have to go to that darker side to get to this lighter side and you and you go through a lot of shit. So it's like, um, you know, you talk about this message that carries depth and weight. It's like, that's kind of where we always are <laughs> to a certain degree after, you know, we, we kind of come through it because we realize that like, Life is short. Time, you know, that surface shit just—it doesn't. It didn't matter. It was all bullshit. And really, what is on the other side of that is the stuff that really matters. The you know, the deeper, the the uh, you know, more, um, uh, you know, affecting, you know, uh, emotions and, um, and and compassions and empathies and like you know all the other stuff that like you know uh, makes up more. I guess the richer parts of life. And so when those when that surface shit comes flying by it's kind of like yeah we treat it like you know yeah 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 yeah. it's like just like it's it's a fly it's a gnat you know it's something that used to bug the shit out of us you know Mm -hmm. so um so yeah and i I just think i just think about it now and it's like imagine like who we are now if we were drunk like we would be the worst kind of drunks because we'd be having these philosophical conversations and like i love you man like you know just getting real heartfelt and people are like we're just here to have a fucking barbecue like what are you guys doing we would not be a good time anymore yeah no no yeah no i don't don't think i would be a really good drunk these days that's for sure you know because that's you know that they say like you know a head full of uh, AA and a belly full of booze does does yeah. not mix, kind of a thing. Yep, and that's you know that's closer to the truth. So, um, so I, I guess the other the other thing is is what about um like family and stuff like that? Like, did you uh like for me, I had to get that. 
I had to get that kind of black belt Allen on shit going on. I had to be like, you know, I had to learn how to detach with love, right? When it came to this dysfunctional portions of family. And, um, and so when the, when the dysfunction would kind of rise up, I have to like step. One of the things that I did a lot, which is I called my sponsor during all this shit. Like anytime this like, cause this is, this was my biggest like, uh, shit to deal with, which was family and, Mm. you know, getting, getting um early in sobriety uh, uh, just getting poked and prodded and feel like my buttons are all getting pushed and i'm just like fucking i'm like stepping outside vaping like a fucking chimney and calling my sponsor being like you know like what the fuck <laughs> like how do, I, how do i deal with this shit every like, fucking I can't escape like, these people like four times a year i gotta do this shit you know <laughs> so but uh but i did i got i got to learn how to detach i think with love a little bit more and i got to understand that it's like you know they're sick too and especially the fact that like um you know if you read like the family afterwards right in the big book it talks about like how you know anybody who lives with an alcoholic under those conditions they will end up with their own neurosis they will end up sick themselves just oh, yeah not not drinking right so um so what do you think about that in terms of like again trying to keep away from those dysfunctional people but yet you're still they're still family so you still have to deal with that stuff like what do you think about that well i think there's so there's two parts to this because there's like your blood your family and then there's like a significant other right so for like my family it wasn't really that big of a deal because none of my family drinks like no one other than my uncle who has now passed away Mm -hmm. like no one drank and so that wasn't an issue but my in-laws you know uh you know which is family extended family they all drink and so that was a challenge um the the drinking aspect of it with my family it was more so the um kind of the history and the trauma and things that you go, you know, grow up with that maybe went unsaid or not dealt with having to go through that sober, um, is challenging. And so I had, I had to do a lot of work in therapy to kind of come to terms with how to approach my family members. Um, you know, if we had strained relationships and whatnot, um, and, and fortunately through therapy, I was able to, to work a lot of things out. I would say in early sobriety though, my biggest problem was with my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, because he continued to drink and I was becoming this person who was not a drinker anymore and living with someone who still was. And that was not very compatible with like recovery or happiness at all. And, um, you know, therapy again helped a lot, but there came a point where I had to, you know, decide like, I will detach myself from this person with love, uh, for my own sake. Uh, I have to do this if I want to stay sober. And so I, you know, we had, and I'm sure I know I've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast, but you know, when we had that come to Jesus moment where I said, you know, things have got to change or we're better apart. And fortunately, like we were both able to make some changes that were healthy and work through our shit. And, you know, now things are better than they ever could have been, you know, if we both had continued drinking the way that we were. So 
uh, I get that. I get the detach with love and to, to someone who's like probably newly sober, that would be a kind of an unusual, confusing phrase, right? Mm -hmm. Like how can Mm -hmm. you remove yourself from the, you know, like family or loved ones Mm -hmm. in a loving manner, you know, isn't it all like just wreckage that happens? Fuck you, get away from me. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not, that's not how it is. It's about like having a heartfelt conversation and saying, you know, I'm not trying to change you or control you. I'm just telling you what I need. And, you know, if we can't come to like some sort of agreement or we can't work together, then it's okay to step away and I'm going to step away and still love you from afar. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's painful. Yeah, it's yeah. so painful, but, um, ultimately it's, it's you honoring yourself and your sobriety and having enough respect for yourself to know when you have to cut ties, whether it's temporary or permanently. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things like in a lot of my relationships, it was, uh, had to, I almost had to see it like, uh, like I saw myself in like my first step kind of stuff, right? Like, you know, I, yes, you know, I'm powerless over alcohol. My life's unmanageable, et cetera. Um, you know, I'm insane. I get it. (laughs) That kind of stuff. But I also had to see them in that same light, you know? And I also had to see like, Oh, like before I really came to terms with my sickness or with my, you know, disease, quote unquote, like, um, how did I think then? You know what I mean? Like I I thought my shit didn't stink. You know, I was like, fuck you. And I was always the victim and blah, blah, blah. blah. So I, I, I had to look at them that way. I had to say, Oh, like these are people that like need that love, that level of love that they'll understand like that. Hey, like, you know, um, and you can't correct them and you can't like change them. You can't fix them. You can't do all those things. You can't control them. Yeah. None of those things. So you have to really step back and like, just allow them to be themselves. Let them, you know, and just love them through that sickness and, you know, regardless, but it's hard, it's hard stuff to be able to, to do that stuff, especially if you're really close to those people in terms of your family and those kinds of things. So it's, it's a real challenge. Um, and that's, that's the stuff that you really got to work through. Um, and that's why when you're getting into recovery and that's why the whole reading, which is to like get with a group of people that are, um, you know, headed in the same direction. There's a guy, uh, uh, just died, um, um, recently, uh, from our club. His name is Dave Walton. And he, uh, part of his story all the time is he talks about, uh, talked about, um, you know, he, he it was like, I'm going to, I'm going to tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up and I'm, I'm going to do what those other guys are doing in the sober living house. Right. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get a sponsor and I'm going to start doing those steps. And I'm going to start reading the book and I'm going to really, you know, head in the same direction. And that's the thing you um, you really have to sacrifice like what it is that you thought you were gonna do, who you thought you were gonna be, how you thought mm-hmm. you were gonna get there, all the plans and details and designs that you had in your head. You really got to sacrifice all that shit. If if not just for the meantime, you know maybe for the in, the entirety of the rest of the journey, right? But in the meantime, like to make that decision to 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 hook up with people headed in the same direction, and then just say, all right, like. I'm going to I'm going to go with that flow for now and see where it heads. That takes a lot of like um a lot of uh faith and a lot of courage. Do you, uh when you um when you walked into meetings as 
Chelsea addict alcoholic, right? Like not not Chelsea the uh, uh, the uh, the the driver of the druggy buggy, but Chelsea <laughs> as in the uh, I am now identifying as an alcoholic. How did that feel to you? As in, like I'm here for myself. Like, what was it like? Did you did you feel like you were a part of that group or not part of? How did that feel? In the beginning, it I did not feel a part of the group, and I think a part of that was like self preservation. You know, like I didn't want to be a part of this group. It's I tell people all the time, AA is the club that no one wants to join at yeah. first, <laughs> because I I really like I was like, man, how the fuck did I end up here? And I kept trying to figure out ways that I was different from the others you know I'd listen to stories and instead of hearing you know the similarities I would always pick out the little differences like oh well I've never done that well I was never this bad you know I never got DUI I mean I got pulled over a bunch when I was drunk but I never got DUI never got the ticket (laughs) never got arrested um you know and so I I really didn't feel a part of the group until you know I don't know what it was that clicked it was just like I had been going there for a couple months and sitting in the back and suddenly I stopped listening for how I was different from them and I started listening to how their story you know resonated with me or reminded me of my own story and then I started accepting that okay I am a part of this group. I've been coming here for months, like, and I'm trying to like prove to myself that I don't need to keep coming here yet. I keep crawling back. And when I accepted that this was where I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be doing, then like everything kind of fell into place. And at the same time I was like faced with the reality of like, now that I know I belong here, I'm fucked. Like I, (laughs) I, I can never go back to drinking and yeah. not have this knowledge, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was kind of like grieving that little hope I had that I wasn't an alcoholic and then also feeling the acceptance of like, okay, finally, like, you know, I have some answers and I'm feeling included. And, you know, once I got over that hurdle and I, the more I attended meetings, the more a part of that I, I began to feel and, you know, I, I became more, um, willing to stay after meetings and talk to people. And, you know, I, I, uh, wouldn't just like run away, you know, I'd actually speak in the meetings. Um, just small steps like that helped me feel like I was meant to be a part of the community. And I know we were talking about on the podcast last time that I wished someone had just kind of extended their hand to me and, and, you know, as much as I probably would have hated it in the moment, I also needed some support and it would have been really nice to have had that early on. But I think that, you know, people want you to, uh, you know, find recovery at your own speed. And, uh, you know, I personally wouldn't want to drive anyone away by like, you know, saying, saying anything to them. And then they're like, fuck, someone noticed me. Like I can never (laughs) go back. (laughs) I can never show my face again. So, so yeah. Yeah. I, my, my first time back at 42, I, uh, you know, I, I I can't tell you, I, you know, I actually know who led the meeting. It's funny. Um, but I don't, uh, you know, in the, the readings, like they'd like, I, I, 
I, I had already had them memorized from when I was a kid, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they that was like almost like a shock just to have those same words, and I knew what was coming next in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, and then I listened, and um, like I said, I don't remember exactly what was said, but the feeling was just like you. It's like I like oh yeah, like I got it. Like th- this is this is where I got to be, you know. And just like you, I said maybe mine was a little bit different, but I I I. I cried all the way home. There's about a there's about a ten mile drive, and I literally cried because it was not because I was like, "Oh, thank God I found this place." No, it was I cried because I was like, "Fuck!" I like mm-hmm. I found this place, and I, and I know I need to go back, and that sucks because I don't want to be this guy. Like I don't want to yep. do this thing, and I don't want to be in meetings, and I don't want to do all that bullshit, and I don't want to. You know what I mean? I just don't. Yeah. I don't want to do all the work, the hard work of that they talk about. <laughs> like I don't. I don't want to transform. I don't want to change. I don't want to do. I just want to be fixed. And there's got to be another way. <laughs> Where's the magic pill? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and I looked for that shit too. I mean, that was a, what a terrible journey for like two years that I was really struggling. But you know what? It's like, um, you know, we talk. There's this one of my uh, favorite speakers is Paul McHugh. He says like he, he got approached like. Uh, a couple years into his going to meetings and in his talk he says something like you know somebody approached him and said hey look you know you're over here um you know you're at this fucking banquet you know all this food on the fucking table and yet you're sitting in the corner starving because you're afraid to step up and grab a plate right Mm -hmm. and um and that's kind of what i was doing too in aa i would sit there and hang out in meetings and i would i you know all I ever did was complain about my wife, <laughs> complain, <laughs> complain about, you know, fucking, you know, whatever, fucking wanting to drink and not wanting to drink or whatever the fuck it was, but uh, never anything about what it is that we, I should, should have been doing, right? Which is the, yeah. the real solutions to the, to the problem, which is me, you know? So yeah, I, 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 uh, I absolutely, um, like, like you looked for all the differences and, and then there was this one dude um, stepped up, um, and uh, and he was talking one day, and he, he absolutely told my story, and I was like, oh shit, like that's exactly that's exactly everything, except his marriage ended in a divorce, mine was still there, and uh, and actually I talked to him a lot about, um, you know, what to do right versus what to do wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and how to keep my marriage versus. Uh, versus uh um where his ended up so so yeah that was the thing is i uh um yeah i started to to do the the things and i started to take the suggestions and i started to you know look at what they were doing and listen to these people week after week and started to care and you know god that sucked too caring about other people really didn't like that part (laughs) so you know um i excuse me i I wonder, you know, I feel like our stories are similar in that when we got sober, at least this time around, I don't know what it was like for you when you were younger, but um, for me, it w- I didn't really have the problem of, you know, being tempted to go back to the same people I hung out with because I think I was so fearful of relapsing yeah. that I stayed far away. You know, I, I was not tempted to go to, um, 
you know, bars and, yeah. and things like that, because I just knew, I knew that that would be too much for me. I would be so uncomfortable, but working in, you know, recovery, um, I saw many people go back into old ways, you know, going back to old places such as bars or hangouts, um, hanging out with the same people, like, you know, I, whether it's like, uh, their, their dealer that they happen to have their phone number memorized or, mm -hmm. or it's like, um, a toxic like girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, some people just can't seem to stay away. And so I always wonder like what the allure is, if it's just because it's where you're comfortable, like it's, it's what you know, you know, yeah. uh, then something that you don't know, like someone who's sober, like dating someone who's sober would be completely unknown, right? Yeah, yeah. Versus the toxic so ex. It's all change, you know, it's all like yeah. severe change. And, um, you know, I think for me when I was younger, it was, I, uh, I desired a connection with other human beings, period. Like I needed to feel accepted, loved, wanted, desired, you know, friends, you know, those types of things, right? Basic human needs, which I absolutely desired and felt like I needed when I was younger. So to lose those connections at that point would have just been devastating for me. It would have really, I, I felt like shocked me. But it, it's obviously, it's either, it's just like pulling the Band-Aid on the wound. <laughs> it's like you got to fucking do it because if you don't, like you're going to, you know, unless you can really like, um, separate yourself and get time to know who the fuck you are, you'll never be the friend or never have relationships like that you're supposed to be having until you can do that. That's the way I felt because I learned that this time because, but here's the problem is like, the problem is, is like, you know, I went 15 more years into my drinking and burned up every friend or every potential to have a friend. And I ended up absolutely fucking alone. Not only that is I destroyed not destroyed, but you know, I, I, uh, I definitely impacted and affected my family's lives to the degree where it's like, you know, they're going to walk on with their own issues too. Right. So that's, you know, I could have saved a lot of that fucking grief. <laughs> you know, yeah, I would have had a different life, but you know, but the fact is, is like, I would have saved a lot. And so, um, so I think that that change and that desire for connection, because that's really what I think it is that we're looking for to begin with. I think that that's what I know that I'm looking for, you know, I, again, you know, to be liked, to be loved, to be accepted, to be a friend, to be, you know, loving, to be loved, all that stuff. It's like, this is the basics of life. And the fact is, is like, um, you know, alcohol provided all that, you know, drugs provided all that, uh, gave me that false sense of connection, gave me that false sense of euphoria and, and all the things that I truly desired, but was just too afraid to seek. So having, you know, to me, when you say like, you know, what, why do they go back to those things? It's like, it's obvious to me, <laughs> you know, because I yeah, know exactly that does what make I do. Sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It does make yeah. sense because, um, when you, when I got sober, I felt extremely lonely. And, mm -hmm. and so, um, you know, reaching out to anyone, whether it's healthy or not, uh, would still be me trying to find that connection, find that support, um, it's just in those early days, it's not so easy because you don't know how to do that in a safe and healthy way. Yeah, um, you can rely on the old ways that you used to do that stuff and the old yeah. people that you used to do it with. And, you know, and that's why treatment's a really good idea. It gives you that mm -hmm. that barrier, that breakage of like, 
old versus new it gives you a gives you a, a point to kind of put everything on pause and just step away mm-hmm. and just and then reestablish your like what it is that you truly want you know yeah and but i also think there's something to be said about you know um you even said it in the the prompt here it was like you know do you really desire to change mm. oh don't get me started <laughs> <laughs> because you know i feel like when i would work with patients who would, you know, get sober, relapse, and just do it over and over and over again, doing the same shit, hanging out with the same bad influences on them. Um, it it was kind of like, do you really want to change? Like, how much are you willing to sacrifice? Mm-hmm. You know, how much effort are you really willing to put in? Because thus far, it doesn't feel like you're doing a whole lot here, you know, if you keep doing this merry-go-round. So... Um, I think that's something that, you know, I, I can't like presume how bad anyone wants to get sober. I can have my suspicions, but only the person getting sober knows what, what they're really feeling and desiring and how, how hard they're willing to work for it. And most of the time that is reflected in your actions and it has nothing to do with the words because everything that comes yep. out of the alcoholic or addict's mouth is usually a lie anyway, especially mm-hmm. when we're just getting sober. But I'll tell you, um, you know, I had to come to that point where I was willing to throw away my life, period, no other way around it. And once I got to that point, I was like, well, hey, look, I, I made it this far. I did my best. What was, you know, what did I do with it? Pretty much nothing. So therefore, I'm just going to give it up, Right. But I'm going to stay alive now, and I'm just going to go do this other thing now. And 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 that means that at times I won't be able to talk to the same people I used to talk to. I won't be able to do – because here's the thing. If I do all those things that I used to do, well, I'll end up in the same fucking spot. So why would I do that shit? <laughs> so I, you know, I'll just end up wanting to put a fucking gun in my mouth, you know, and, 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 uh, and blow my brains out anyway. So I might as well, like, fucking throw that aside – and all the expectation about what that is, right? It, it, it talks about the big books. Like we had to throw out old ideas, all of our old ideas, and that involves whether it be, you know, spiritual, social, cultural, you know, all these other things that we just kind of like really got to like throw out. So because we, you know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like I didn't have a fucking clue how this was supposed to be. I learned to do it <laughs> wrong. I was fucking misaligned maladapted and maladjusted and the fact is is like i every fucking thing i did was through that lens that fucked up broken distorted lens right so i had to take on a whole new set of fucking principles values morals fucking attitudes and you know concepts and if i didn't do that shit well i was just going to go back and be the same person anyway so i might as well try it right that's the way mm-hmm. I felt about the whole thing. So I was just ready to throw it away anyway. Again, I tried my best. What did I do with it? I didn't take it very far. So fuck it. I might as well do it somebody else's way. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I say And so you say like, yeah, are you, how, are you willing to change? Like how much do you really want to change? And again, that doesn't come with fucking lip service. It comes with actions, right? You know, yeah. you don't, you don't just fucking sit there and tell your fucking, you know, your, your wife, your husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, um, I'm I'm gonna go to those meetings someday, or yeah, no, I'm gonna do that, or whatever. No, it's like you fucking do that, and then you tell them how it was, right? You don't. Yep. It, it's just a whole different way to fucking operate. And you're right, Chelsea. It's like most of those people who, you know, you could smell them 
you know, like a fart in a car, man. <laughs> Fucking, they, <laughs> they, they come running and you can just see it on them. Like, you're just saying the words that you think that I want to hear right now. Just so you can fucking pull one over and go tie one on or, you know, go tie your arm or whatever the fuck it is that you want to do. But you're just trying to get what you want right now. And they're not willing to change, you know. So there's a lot of that that goes on, too. But, again, um, they they want to want to change, right? Sounds right? Yeah. You know, they want to be wanting to do that. But the fact is they're just not there yet. And a lot of people, it's sad. It's sad to watch that, that them you know, fall deeper and deeper into their own fucking, you know, alcoholism and for their own disease. And it's, and then to watch it happen year after year as they come in and out of the rooms is even more like, as you're getting healthy and you're doing all these other fucking things, it's like, man, I, I, there's a dude that I see, I maybe once a year, once every two years now, um, every time he comes in, he has less teeth. <laughs> just no. Yeah, and I'm just like poor guy. He's, he's a, you know, he was a good-looking dude. He's smart. He's fucking very articulate. But you know what? Like the, you know, he just keeps coming in, and he just you know, one less tooth, one less tooth. And I'm just like, fuck, man. You know, it's hard to watch. It really is because when you care for these people, and every time he comes in, I love it too. He's like, I'm done this time. I'm done this time. <laughs> believe it when i see it yeah exactly unfortunately that's what it is yeah i'll see you here tomorrow right like i'll you know exactly when you start doing the leg work that actually instead of the lip work then i'll believe it you know it's fuck Mm -hmm. it's hard though it's hard to watch really is yeah so did i get off did i get on a soapbox there i think i did no i think i think it you know it it went to the the reflection so oh yeah yeah, you know it makes sense yeah that's that's in there for a reason right yeah Mm -hmm. because you know the the people that i think about that i just again that i hear the lip service from and i just i think it's just fucking sad and and my own lip service too i did all that shit you know i did all that shit like yeah 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 (laughs) we can talk a big game but like you know you can't you can't just talk about it you got to be about it so and again it's like it takes what it takes to get to your bottom to stop digging and um but you can always dig further don't think that you don't think that you can't because you can dig bottom to bottoms you know and then you can go up even further with your bottoms in recovery too you know but also your bottom is when you decide to stop digging too yeah yeah so yeah 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 so at that point it's like you know you can decide hey like now i've had enough or you know keep going because it's it really is up to you but but look at it. Look at it for what it is. Um, Chelsea, you know, you know what, you know what my, you know what my bottom is. My bottom is my bottom. <laughs> what is it, Carl? My bottom is ruby red, baby. <laughs> 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 oh, just you know, from, you know, from all those spankings. Um, anyway, <laughs> so uh, hey, let's let's give let's give the people um, let's give them what they want. Uh, today is the sixteenth, is that right? Yeah, let's give yeah. them the seventeenth. Do you want to read the seventeenth, or do you want me to? Um, I can read it. Okay. All right, July seventeenth. But if there's any cussing, I really want you to emphasize it, though. Okay. Okay, I will okay. enunciate uh, it like a fucking lady. <laughs> okay. <laughs> July seventeenth. It doesn't have to be this way. All your life has been spent in turmoil, overwhelmed by your own emotions and thinking. Has it never occurred to you that you could let it go? Of course not. 
You have been busy being busy, causing havoc and calamity, too busy stirring pots and shaking hornets' nests, pissing in the wind. So why all the trouble? Why all the distraction and heartache? Why all the bullshit? Sometimes we fight for the very thing we desire, living in a completely backward existence to the thing we wish deep down we could be. There is another way to live. Look for others who are acting the way you wish to be. Do what they have done. Reflections. Is there someone in your life who acts and behaves the way you wish to? Someone you admire. Daily challenge. Find a mentor. Ask them to be your sponsor or life advisor. You'd be surprised how willing people are to help if you just ask. So this uh, this actually has a typo in it, right? Does it? Yes. Yeah, sometimes we fight for the very thing we desire. Actually, it says it should say sometimes we fight the very thing we desire. Ooh, so take out four. Gotcha. So if you all want to get your pens and pencils out and uh, just cross it out. Hey, but you know what? I, I, look at this. I gave you an extra word and I didn't even charge you for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> free word, <laughs> free word, woohoo! So, um, so yeah, uh, party people, ex-party people. You know, this really does tie into the previous reading. You would think that I was like trying to set people up to like get a sponsor from these two pages, right? Go to a meeting and get a sponsor, like these two pages. It's terrible. Duh. I was like trying to <laughs> was trying to be like deceptive about it. I guess I did, you know, you know, try to put people in a trick bag. You know. <laughs> anyway, so um, so Chelsea, um, uh, do do you have any? Is there any um, is there anybody in your life that you would like to um, uh, be grateful for right now? Is there anything going on in your life that you're like, oh my god, like I'm so grateful for, blah blah blah. Oh, I mean, there are so many things. Um, I think, um, I guess one that I haven't said is just, um, I'm grateful for like other nurses who are more, I don't know if you can hear my dog, but he's like, he's not happy. Stop squeezing your dog. I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, but there, there are some nurses at work who are, you know, my seniors and, and I'm just really grateful that they're willing to kind of teach me and guide me and be supportive of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of them has really taken me under her wing and I'm just so, so grateful because there are times like when you're in a new career and you don't know what the fuck you're supposed to be doing, you know, you feel really lonely and, and scared. And um, it's, it's kind of like shit that wakes me up in the middle of the night. So I'm just grateful for, uh, for her. Yeah. I'm I'm grateful for my friend Diane, who has uh, been a real um, um, connection point for me. She actually, uh, it's funny, like uh, uh, roughly 10 years ago, she went through a divorce, right? So she kind of went through her own upheaval. And I, uh, and I met her at my, um, at the work I was at. She actually, actually, I've actually known her for about 30 years, but I read her, but I got closer to her over like the last 10 years. And, uh, and she, we seem to be on the same journey, just on different, you know, for different reasons. Right. You know, she thinks she had a, like a lot of uh, her, of her own turmoil and change. And it really led to her kind of like to, to be a seeker, right. To find like, you know, new things that like, you know, encourage. And so she, we, we keep checking in with each other as we go about like, you know, what it is that we're doing and, and, and like what we're doing. And, you know, she, she has just been like one of the, one of the biggest, um, 
um, champions in my corner that I just, I love calling to just check in with and just be like, Hey, how are you doing? Just normal shit. You talk about that depth and weight conversation, right? It's like, she's somebody that we literally could just like go straight there and we can give each other feedback that is like direct and honest and no fucking sugar coating, no bullshit. And you know, that kind of stuff. And I just love having that kind of, and again, she's not programmed too. Right. So she's like, so, which is great. She's just like in her own little journey to go seek. And she's very open and honest and just all the stuff that you just kind of go, oh, like, that's so refreshing <laughs> to have that kind of a person in my life anyway. Anyway, so that's it. Um, I just wanted to add, you know, I haven't been doing a lot of gratitude lately. I just, I haven't, I just been, and I've been, I thought about doing my 100 days of gratitude on the Instagram, but I was like, mm-hmm. you know what, like, um, I don't know. I just feel like I have not been too much into gratitude lately and i you know and um i just like we need to start some adding some of that shit into our lives so maybe that's a maybe that's something we can do on occasion and more about like silent gratitude because i hate fucking gratitude lists like (laughs) i'd rather you know just like pick like a moment or a person and show them kind of like a a like small acts of kindness type deal like just show them my gratitude that way instead of you know writing it down on a piece of paper i'm gonna forget about tomorrow you know like like that's not very meaningful to me but i like to show my gratitude you know by by you know just doing it quietly and kindly i did a um last week i uh i was talking to somebody who was getting to know at my company my new company and um and we were just talking and i you know asked her like we were actually she started bringing up trauma which is really weird so i was like oh shit like she's bringing up trauma and i was like hey have you read no, like you know the- light light conversation <laughs> for work yeah, right yeah right but uh, and and um and it gets you very similar um interests so i was like hey did you read the body keeps the score yet and she's like no and i go oh i'm just reading it i'm like 100 pages in and then, um, and she gave me some feedback too that I really did appreciate. So I was like, "Oh, this is cool because it's like, it's not very often you get feedback like that that is kind of like, hey, I noticed that you said this, and hey, you know, and then ask the question." So I was like, "Oh, she's she actually paid attention, which is cool." So, um, so then I again, like you say, like as an action of gratitude, I I ordered that book for her, right? You know, I had it sent to the office, kind of stuff. But, you know, I didn't go making a big fucking to do about it. I was just like, "Oh, you know, that'd be." something to do because I really did appreciate the time that she took, you know? So yeah, that's little shit like that. That just goes, uh, you know, a, a whole different way. Right. You know, puts mm-hmm. you in a different position. That's for sure. All right, yo. So, so see money. What do you say to these motherfuckers out here on the interwebs? Yo, what up? <laughs> <laughs> I say deuces. And then I say, stay active, stay sober and see ya, motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't know, I get such a kick out of you saying motherfuckers. <laughs> I say it doesn't sound good. All right, later. <laughs> Soberpod.com. 366 fucking days sober. Yeah.
It was a sight to see them yeah. Breakfast with Sprite and Seagrams oh. Wrestling with my vices Exercising my demons uh. My blessings were blocked So I never got the message I'm stressing I'm only 12 steps from an exit Damn. Regret it Because my imperfections were perfected I ain't run from it I accept it and rep it It's a badge to me Good stories come from a tragedy And when you survive The glory will come in Act 3, three. The wait's over 366 fucking days sober Morning affirmations That can start the day for you Use my favorite book Mark for a placeholder, finish when the day's over, okay? Okay? Yeah, sober pod, keep it authentic, no facades. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome.